Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. And just utterly pitiful in moments like this. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. He's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And our hope is that we will be raised together with him just as Eva has been. And Jesus has destroyed death and he's brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And we are convinced we know that neither life nor death, not angels, not the future, not any powers, not the present, not the future, no created thing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And that's why this bread and cup are front and center this morning. I want to invite us to the table today. I want us to come to Jesus' invitation, indeed into his arms, where he says to his disciples, how I've longed to share this with you before I suffer. There's something for us together. You know, each Sunday we share the table of the Lord. We want to bring it front and center today. And I want to invite you to come dive in with me into the reality of the presence and promise that Jesus gives us in his death and resurrection. Because this this is a place of encounter. Here is a place where heaven and earth meet and mingle together in brokenness and in blessing. And grace and truth cleanse our hearts and nourish our souls. Here we remember the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Here we participate in his body broken to make us whole. Here we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes again. Come with me here for a closer look. I really want to have three words sink in for you. Luke, Uh, In Luke 22, there's three main words. It's kind of four, but three main words that I really want to sink in for us today, and they're these. Blessed, broken, and given. Let me read this for us. Uh, Verse 16 of Luke chapter 22 says, no, let's let's start in 14. That when the hour came, Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table. And Jesus said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Take a collection. Set this out. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Next slide. There's another translation of the message that says it simply this way. 
taking bread. He blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Eat it in my memory. Church church tradition throughout the century, we've got about 2,000 years of church tradition, has emphasized the simple verbs that the gospel authors use to describe what Jesus enacted this moment. He took, he blessed, he broke, and he gave. He took bread. He blessed it. He gave thanks. He broke it. And he shared it. He gave it to his disciples. And it's it's the mystery of Jesus' sacrificial incarnation that Jesus himself was given. He was blessed. He was broken. He was given for life for the world. And there's a sense where it's also the parable of our lives as we follow our Lord Jesus Christ, that we're blessed by the Father, and yet we're broken so that we can be given to the world. Make no mistake about it. Jesus is the bread of life. You're not. Jesus is the bread of life. But we're his body. And we are blessed and we're broken and we're given to the world so that the world can feed on Jesus himself, the bread of life. Henri Noir, Henri Nguyen wrote a book about these actions. He, he entitled it The Life of the Beloved. They were originally letters to a friend of his, and, and then they were compiled into a book. And he says this in there. He, he said this. He said, most importantly, however, is that they summarize. He's talking about these four words. They summarize my life as a human being because in every moment of my life, somewhere, somehow, the blessing, the breaking, and the giving are happening. I must tell you that these four words have become the most important words of my life. Taken, blessed, broken, and given. Scripture says, he took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them. And in some profound sense, It's a summary of the incarnation. Blessed by God the Father, broken for our sins, given for the forgiveness of the world. How are you dealing with the brokenness of your blessing? You know, it it may be that you feel acutely Eva's loss. It may be that you haven't been closer connected to the family and the situation, but there's other things that in your life have been painful like this. How can how how do we do it? How can we be both blessed and broken? It's a mystery. It is it's crazy hard to get our heads around. Uh, but Jesus was. And in that place, there's something in that place that's closer to Jesus than anywhere else we can get. Because Listen, there, there is a teaching you know, that goes around that, that wants to convince us that if you just have enough faith, it'll be like your faith will be the armor against your suffering. And that if you just have faith enough, you'll be able to have the blessing without the suffering. Have, have you noticed that? It's there. L- listen, let me say this as compassionately and gently 
as I can. That doctrine is from the pit of hell. And you need to turn it and look it in the face and say like Jesus did, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. The way of Jesus is to the cross. And there's something precious and beautiful about it. And even where God chooses not to give us the answer to the prayers that we're praying in the way that we wish he would and the way that we want it, we're still walking in the footsteps of Jesus who went from the table into the garden of Gethsemane and he pleads, sweating blood, pouring his heart out to God, saying, God, if there's any other way, wouldn't you provide it? He says, but yet not my will, but yours be done. And brothers and sisters, Jesus was beloved, beloved of the Father. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. It's the testimony of the Father over his Son, Jesus Christ. And yet he was broken, bruised for our transgressions, broken for our sins. The mystery of blessing and brokenness finds not explanation, but God help us maybe harmony in this, in being given. That somehow this brokenness, says Jesus, is my body given for you. You know, one of the things that Larry and Mindy and I talked about this week was, how do we do it? How do we do this? I asked, you know, what's it mean to try to do sorrow and joy at the same time? How do we grieve Eva and celebrate Violet? At the same time, how do you and I handle in a healthy way the mingling of the blessing and the brokenness that's in our lives? And, well, frankly, we agreed we really don't know how. And we need the Lord's help. But we agreed on this. Don't average them out. Church, I want to urge you, don't try to average out the joy and the pain, the blessing and the brokenness, the celebration and the grieving. Don't try to get them to somehow average out. Don't take those colors and blend them into just gray and brown. Don't somehow try to take a bit of your joy and use it to pay off a bit of the suffering to make it less. No, enter into both deeply. Have both. You know, that's that's where the rainbow is. That's where you find the rainbow is when the, the sun's shining while it's raining. So embrace both. Because somehow in the blessing and the brokenness, God has a purpose that moves beyond both into giving, into sharing, into making of that mixture something that is redemptive and healing for the world. The blessing and the brokenness are his gifts to us so that we can be his gifts to the world. And sometimes the mingling of blessing and brokenness can leave us stuck at being scared instead of shared. Does that make sense? Because the pain can be intense and the emotions are more than we know what to do with. And, and in the process, we can, we can get stuck because we don't know how to handle what we're going through, let alone face what might be coming next. But I want to urge you not to be scared of being shared by the Lord. Don't stop at being broken. Let God give you to the world. He said, being broken 
being given, even being given, is not the final end. It's not, the table itself points towards the end, but it itself is not the end. I hope, I hope the first verse is sunk in. Let me read them to you again. Jesus says this. I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until. Until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until. Until the kingdom of God comes. Brothers and sisters, we live in hope. We grieve in hope. We celebrate in hope. And we are broken and given in hope. We take the bread and we take the cup as a proclamation of hope. Jesus says, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment. Before I suffer, I want to share this with you. But there is a time coming where I will eat and drink again in the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. And when we embrace being given, and I I don't mean receive it. I mean, not what God's giving to us, but how he makes us his gift. I mean, allowing God to give us to others, to let him share us with the world. That's where we're stepping into the very hope Jesus himself has of the kingdom of God coming in its fullness. Because brothers and sisters, a day is coming. There's a day coming when cancer will be no more. There's a day coming where parents will no longer have to grieve the death of their children, born or unborn. There's a day coming, brothers and sisters, where every tear will be wiped away from her eyes. There's a day coming where wars will end and peace will reign among the nations. There's a day coming when injustice will be no more and righteousness will flow like a river. There's a day coming where the clouds of grief and pain and loss will be pierced with the brightness of his face. And when the groaning of our brokenness will be swallowed up by the songs of angels. And when we take the breath and when we drink that cup, we're proclaiming that day. Many times we can find it hard to perform the actions of faith, even the things the Bible tells us to do, it can be really hard to get yourself to do when you're not feeling it, right? If you're grieving or if you're troubled deeply by a situation in your life that just isn't right, look, it can be hard to join into some upbeat song that some young enthusiastic worship leader and uh, aggressive drummer, you know, wants us to, to get going with, Right? But listen, this table never changes. And it reminds us that our faith is not based on what we feel or what we can drum up inside ourselves. It's a reminder even that our our faith is not about how hard or how loud or how well we cry out to the one that we need to help us. It's about how solid he is as the rock that's higher than we are. This is a reminder that our salvation does not originate in us. It's not from our faith. It's by grace through the faith he gives us because Jesus himself is our savior. 
Here at the table, we're reminded that our faith doesn't depend on either the quality or the quantity of our own faith, but on the one who died and rose again. It never changes, brothers and sisters. And Jesus gave us this. He said, do this. Remember. Remember me. Whatever is going on, don't forget me. Brothers and sisters, do not let the storms of life cause you to lose sight of the precious life, death, and resurrection of our wonderful Jesus. He's giving us this. And he tells us as often as you do it, come to the table and do it in remembrance to me. And this morning, he's saying, come with everything that's in your heart. It may be a fresh moment of grief and pain, as it is for some of us. It may be something that happened in your life 20 years ago. You need to bring to the table for blessing, to give thanks, to break it before the Lord, and to bring it to him. Because Jesus, with his disciples, he's walking through this in the most intense moment that they ever experience. And Jesus is for us like he is for them. He's taking the bread. And he's holding it out, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. He invites us to come here to his table, to blessing and brokenness given for the world. He invites us to taste the kingdom of God that's coming in its fullness. Let that sink in. We're tasting of the age to come. When we celebrate and we remember the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're proclaiming his death until he comes again. He's told us to keep eating and drinking in faith for that day to come. When we will share together with him in the fullness of the kingdom. He invites us to proclaim again his death and resurrection until he returns. And so this morning we're going to have some kind of messy manner of sharing communion together. Right, that's going to involve you coming from your seat up here somehow. Thank you. I was going to ask you for that. Thank you. Coming from your seat to come up here together. Go ahead. Yep, it's messy. You know, there, there's beauty in the messy. I mean, this week, church, you've been the body of Christ to Larry and Mindy. It's been a huge blessing. Joanna going up there and taking portrait photos. It's precious. It was well thought of. It was loving, inspired, beautiful. There, there's uh, another family here who stepped in. Tara, thanks for visiting as well. Um, there's another family in the church who've made sure that the Funeral expenses are covered. It won't be a burden for them. And, and I know this is a very practical-minded church. There's guys who are planning to go meet over at Larry's Mindy's house today to do yard work and some other stuff. I know for many of you, as soon as you got the news that Eva's gone to be with the Lord, you're thinking, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And uh, let's let's give space to the table just now. Uh, there'll, be, there'll be lots that we can do, uh, some of which... We haven't yet had a chance to suggest or talk to Larry and Mindy about. 
that will just take time. They'll find their pace. We'll find our place. But this moment is one where Jesus is reaching out to you also. And where he's offering the bread. He's offering the cup. And what we're going to do is come up. And we haven't sliced the bread. We're going to break the bread together. And come up and take bread. Give thanks. Break it. And share it also with someone else. Take a hunk. Tear it and share it. And don't don't let your sharing of communion this morning be only private. Let's join together. Find some folks to pray with. Offer whatever's in your heart to the Lord together. Uh, whatever it may be that you're walking through, offer yourself into God's hands together with brothers and sisters. Receive his grace. Become his gift and experience that. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, here we are, needing you so much, and yet acknowledging that you're everything we need. Jesus, you took bread, and you gave thanks. And Lord, we thank you for your life, for your death, for your resurrection. Lord, we thank you for being present among us in baby Eva for this short time. These months we've had with her have been precious. They've been rich. Lord, we commit our spirit into your hands as we raise our own hearts to you as well. The musicians are going to pray, play, we're going to pray, and I invite you now, without further ado or, or any more formality or circumstance, to come. Come to the table. Come before the Lord. Let's remember, let's participate, and let's proclaim. <laughs> 